Hello and welcome back to See the Sunrise. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Jesus in our everyday situations. So instead of the S-U-N, we're looking for the S-O-N, the one that sustains us and that keeps us. We're getting ready to embark upon the new year and it's already started. People are planning for the year 2021. And it's another chapter in an already long story of upheaval, drama, pain, sadness, grief, disappointment, but most of all, I hope it ends with hope. The next chapter doesn't have to end like 2020 started. The reason I consider it another chapter versus a new book is because unless we learn from the old, we're likely to repeat it. But if we take the time to seriously look at what has transpired over 2020, we can make plans and decisions that are wise and that are based on the understanding that we gained in 2020 and these events of the past. We lost a lot this year, including some dear loved ones. I was reading in the Chicago Tribune where 12 families had 24 victims due to coronavirus. A father died connected to a ventilator. Four days later, his 88-year-old mother died due to the same illness. All but one of those 24 victims had pre-existing conditions. A mother and a 20-year-old son both died within four days of each other. And this is only a couple of the examples of the many stories of individuals that have been affected by this plague. We, my husband and I, we lost a couple of family members due to this plague, this COVID-19. And it has been years since we'd seen them. Now we're only left with broken hearts and the memories we shared and the stories that were told. This story is not unique for we hear every day of rising numbers of people who have died, souls that have been lost. I think when I hear these statistics, how many of them were saved or how many were lost? How many will no longer see their loved ones again? How many hadn't heard about Jesus, the Savior, the one who sacrificed his life so that we didn't have to die an eternal death, but that we could have eternal life? In my sanctified imagination, I see the souls, the ones who were saved, floating in the air on angel wings, no longer suffering and not experiencing any pain. They're free now. They're free from the world of pain and sickness. And yet, I also see the loved ones who have been left behind, trying to figure out how to move on and move forward from here. From all of this, I hope we learn that life here on earth, if nothing else, is not promised, and that life is short. But for the saved, there is eternal life, a life where we will live on in eternity. We will no longer have to experience death. Our faith is founded on that. Hopefully, through all of this upheaval and uncertainty, we have learned to appreciate each other, to relish the time that we spend with each other, to, to, to take seriously those moments, because who knows if it will be the last time that we see them again. Family reunions should take on greater meaning because despite the annoying uncle or aunt, cousin or otherwise, or the discord that has been sown year after year and years ago, hopefully we realize through that, through what we have gone through, that relationships are important. We lost a sense of security. We have faced an unforeseen foe and its invisibility has wreaked havoc on our comfort creating anxiety and restlessness and depression. 
we've had to look at our lives microscopically and we found that we don't like what we see. We've been stuck in our homes without the engagement of outside distractions and we're forced to look at ourselves in our lives and have found ourselves incomplete or unsatisfied, unhappy, anxious, and restless. We've learned that we rely too much on being busy instead of being present. In the face of this reflection, I pray that we've learned to trust God because he is the only true source of, secure, of security. We lost resources, food lines, joblessness, children unable to attend school due to the absence of proper tools like the internet, or more importantly, trained educators who can encourage and push our students to be their best, to learn trades and habits that will be helpful as they navigate adulthood. They're being denied some of the same privileges that we had years ago. In this, we have found people who have acted as good Samaritans, providing resources such as food, sundries, vital to, to daily, daily life and maintenance, monies and other items for those who find themselves in unfortunate situations. So while we've lost resources, people have stepped up and have gained a heart of compassion where they reach out to others less fortunate than themselves. We've lost first responders due to the recklessness and callousness of some who choose to forego the opinion of the trained experts, rendering not only themselves and their loved ones susceptible to illness, but also to death. These frontline workers have begged us to take the proper precautions, if not for yourself, for someone else. Suicide rates have increased because of the weariness and the inability to cope. I recently read in Japan that suicide rates are higher than the death toll of COVID. That is saddening and it's heart-wrenching to think that taking one's life would be better than living a, a life of, of abstinence and want. God help us. It's clear we've lost a lot in this past year, but we should, we should have also gained deeper insight into who we are as people and the areas of our lives that we need to pay attention to or that needs additional work. So in light of all of this, in, in light of all of the things that we lost, what kinds of commitments or resolutions are you making for 2021? You know, I'll begin this way. I no longer make resolutions. My rationale in doing that is that once I break them, and I often have, <laughs> I continue to put things off thinking that tomorrow I'll start again, but tomorrow never comes. I put things off that would be helpful to me as a person and to those I encounter. So making goals, I'll call it setting goals or commitments, is probably a better way to say it because at least you keep pursuing it. You never give up and you never quit. And as Christians, we should never quit. We should always be pursuing to be the best that we can be. As Christians, it's always good to make commitments to study the Bible daily, to regularly attend church services. And now <clears throat> with the internet, and the use of such um, online services, there is no reason anyone should miss the opportunity opportunity to attend services. Um, and maybe you don't have a television. If you have a cell phone, if you have an iPad, something that connects you with the world of those who honor and serve God. But to regularly attend some sort of church service, like a Sunday school lesson or a Bible study, 
and the like, but these should be natural if you want to grow as a Christian. It all depends on your motivation. And after this year, we ought to be motivated to know more and more about God and less and less about the things that we think bring us success and satisfaction. I have found success to be fleeting, and it depends on what you put your reliance on when it comes to that success. We can achieve greatness in the world and in our corporate areas, but they they don't satisfy. Something is left void because it's not fulfilling us or it doesn't complete us. I have found when I sought God first, other things fell in place. I didn't worry as much. I knew where to take my anxious thoughts. And yes, it's perfectly fine to set a goal of weight loss and smoke cessation, but things such as these are plausible and possible when you put God in the center of it. God provides the motivation and he gives us the strength to accomplish such things because for one, it honors him as we seek to take care of this body, this temple. Remember, this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and that's where he resides in us. And so you want it to be at its optimum. You want it to be at its best. So if you don't do things for yourself, do them for the Lord. For we know those things that take care of us is honoring this life, this body, this physical being that God has given us. When I think of New Year commitments or resolutions or goals or whatever you call them, I'm led to Romans 12, 1 and 2. This, these verses were significant in my life because they helped me make a major change that I had been trying to do for years and years and years. And this scripture alone, when I get in that place, in that situation where I feel like I can't do it, I say these, I remember them. And memorization of scripture is really important because when you can't come up with your own thoughts and they seem to be jumbled, somehow the word is like sad. It, it, it salve, it just kind of covers up and heals what's been broken. But Romans 12 and 1 and 2 are my salve, especially when I'm going through things. And I know that my heart's desire is to be the best that I can be for God. Paul says it this way. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When I hear those words, I hear God says, these are reasonable. I'm not asking you to do anything that is outside of the capacity for you to do it with God's help. And God helps us and he tells us, we are to present our bodies as sacrifices. Christ sacrificed for us. We should be able to sacrifice for him. We're to be holy. We're to have unholy, we're to have holy thoughts and holy actions. And our actions ought to be acceptable to God. And that, he says, is reasonable. And then he tells us, don't be shaped. In other words, don't be conformed, but don't be shaped by the world, what the world says you need to be. But he says, change by renewing how you think. And that way you prove what is good and acceptable and perfect and is the will of God. Those scriptures have got me, gotten me through some very, very challenging times. It changed me on the inside and transformed me on the outside. It was the realizations that, realization that I didn't have to rely on my own power. I could now rely on the power of God working in me to develop me outwardly. 
It's like letting that light shine so that men may see your good works and glorify God in heaven. So with all of that said, what kind of commitments, if any, should Christians make or what kind of resolutions? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Here is my list of development for 2021. Pray more. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. That's what Paul tells us to the church at Ephesus and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We ought to always pray for each other. The word tells us we ought to always pray and not faint. We should never tire of praying. The word tells us to pray without ceasing. You can pray in your car. You can pray in your, your kitchen. You can pray when you're getting the kids ready for school. You can pray at work. You can pray anywhere. It's not about where you are. It's about not about where you are physically. It's where you are spiritually and mentally. And you can pray in silence just like you can in openness. In Hebrews 4 and 16, he says, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace. We need not be ashamed approaching God's throne because when Jesus died on that cross, the veil was torn and he gave us equal access to him. So we can go boldly to him on our knees, on our face. And posture isn't necessarily important, but the posture of the heart is. He says, go to him that boldly to that throne of grace so that we can obtain mercy and find grace. And we need grace today to help us in our time of need. And in Philippians 4 and 6, he tells us, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then it goes on to say in verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We don't have to worry about what's going on around us, but we do need to pray about everything and we can make our requests to God. Life is tough. Now, anyone that tells you it isn't, I'd like to meet them. Please introduce them to me. But tough life is tough and God has given us a way to sustain us and it is through prayer that we get that peace that we have, that, we, that he gives, that he makes known to us. What else can we do? We can read more. Read the Bible. From the word of God, we gain wisdom. And when we hear God's word, it is the Holy Spirit that's helping us to understand and enables us to do his word and to understand what his word means and how we can apply it to our lives and to others. God's word sustained us, sustains us when life is hard and he gives us hope for the days ahead. That's what God's word does. So I've said, pray more, read more. But here's another one study more. Through study, we obtain the grace of God. His love helps us to overcome the unknown and the harshness and difficulties that we face. Study provides, a it's like a plumb line. If you've ever used a plumb line, it tells if things are level or things are off center. It, it provides that plumb line, letting us know when we are out of step or out of balance of God's will. And he gives us guidance as we are being sanctified. And that is being that means to be made holy through the instruction given in his word as we leave 2020 behind i'm reminded of the song that's often sung at the stroke of midnight as we enter into the new year the auld lang syne i often wonder what did that mean and i never thought to look it up and i thought let me understand what that means and auld lang syne is a uh, Scottish language poem written by Robert Burns, and it stands for Old Long Sense. Uh, it's used in saying traditionally, traditionally to bid farewell to the old year and to welcome in the new year at midnight. 
It's also sung at funerals and sometimes at graduations or farewell or ending to various other occasions. And so the words go like this. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang syne? For old lang syne, my dear, for old lang syne. We'll take a cup of kindness yet for days of old lang syne. So I asked the question, should old long since the things of 2020 be forgot and never brought to our mind? Should all of the things we suffered, all of the loss be forgot and all the days of old long since? No, I would say they should not be forgot. I say we take them into the new year with new thoughts, with opportunities to close the door on one chapter, but to open the door to a new chapter, but a chapter where the sun is rising, the S-O-N, where you're seeing a new day, a brighter day, not in things, not in stuff, but we see a new day where God is teaching us new things. He's teaching us to be more gracious, to exercise gratitude, to show love, to be kind. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? I say no. I say remember the past and remember it, not in a sense of mourning or suffering, but in a sense of gaining wisdom and understanding and hope in an eternal father, an everlasting father, a promise of everlasting life, that we might be different, that we might grow from this experience. And as we grow, that we teach our children to love hard, to love deeply, to give generously, to trust God, and to be better people in 2021 than we were in 2020. To all of you that are listening to this, Happy New Year. God bless you. See the best in others. Love like you've never loved before. And when all of these restrictions are gone, the next time you see each other, embrace. Love harder than you've ever loved before and show genuine Christian brotherhood, sisterhood, and love to all that you encounter. May we never forget this time of suffering, but may we always look forward to hope. See the sunrise, see God, see Jesus in all of your life situations. Happy New Year. God bless you. Talk to you in 2021.